You're listening to The Social Dentist with Dr. Desiree Yazdan, marketing, branding, and building an online community to help you grow your business as a healthcare professional. Featured on the Emmy Award-winning daytime talk show, The Doctors, and America's business magazine, Forbes, Dr. Yazdan gives you insight on how she's cracked the code to social media and how to use it as a way to make your business more profitable. And now... Dr. Yazdan. Oh, hello, lovelies. I hope you're doing well today. Happy Cinco de Mayo if you celebrate. Mexican food is actually one of my favorite types of food, so I may have a taco or something Cinco de Mayo related later tonight. Anyway, today we're going to be talking about how you feel like you're working too hard and possibly not making enough, and how you'd like to stop working so hard. I speak to a lot of you each week, and whether or not you're a business owner, it seems that a common theme is, I work too hard, I don't make enough, I want to be doing more of a specific procedure. Most of you tell me that you don't have any time for yourself or your significant other because even when you're away from from work, you're constantly thinking about your business or you're constantly thinking about work if you're an associate, right? But it does take time to unravel this overworking situation that you've set up for yourself. And it's not your fault. We've been socialized to believe that if we were constantly working and work is on our mind and we are constantly involved with work and working on our businesses, that success will happen faster. I used to believe this myself. It's why if you have listened to the podcast for a while, you'll know that I used to see patients at any time of day or night, like 11 p.m., 3 a.m., you name it, I would be in the office. This is actually really interesting because the other day I was just thinking about how I used to pride myself on working so hard, like going in on weekends, going in at 10 p.m. whenever I was needed, literally dropping everything I was doing one time at uh, family Thanksgiving and going in to re-cement a temporary for a patient. I mean, like, that's how I was. I literally used to talk about it to my friends and family and even on social media of how hard I was working. And I used to think that that's the only reason I had any kind of success. And it's why when I was pregnant with my first daughter, I worked 12 to 13 hour days straight without breaks, without lunch, with pain in my fingers from pregnancy, arthritis, and all the things. And it wasn't until this one specific day that I remember so clearly where I just said, no more, I'm done. I can't ever do this to myself ever again. And let me tell you, that was a really bad day. And it lasted more than a day. It pushed me to the point of thinking that if this is how I needed to work in order to make a lot of money in my business, that I didn't want to do it anymore and that it wasn't worth it. And I'd rather just do something else for a living. Like that's how bad that day was. I know I'm not alone in this because many of you have come to me telling me the same exact thing that you just cannot go on how you have been. And when I had my daughter, the funny thing is I did cut my work hours, but at first I was still working so much because I was getting phone calls and text messages from my office all day long and responding to everything. And quickly I realized that hours and hours would go by and I wasn't present with my baby and I knew it had to stop. So I don't want you to feel bad if this is the position you're in. That's why I shared what I shared with you. I want you to know that it's normal. But I also want to tell you that overworking is actually keeping you from making a lot of money and it's keeping you from living your best life. And I want to tell you that when you learn how to stop overworking and start being present, 
that's when you will experience a ridiculous amount of practice growth. So in today's episode, I'm going to give you some takeaways that you can implement starting today so that you can just have a better quality of life so that you can start to make even more money. So let's start with the overworking part first. One of the best things I can tell you is to set up really strict boundaries, boundaries to protect your personal life and boundaries to protect your business life. So I remember my husband used to call my office while I was working like 10 times a day. And I love hearing from my husband throughout the day. I really do. But it was really interrupting what I was doing. So I'd be in the middle of a patient consult or patient treatment. And my husband would tell my staff to pull me out of the room. And then he'd want to know if I can make dinner plans with the friends, with our friends. Or he'd want to know if we could do something specific over the weekend. Basically things that could wait till I got home to figure out or he could send me a text about and I could respond later, right? So I had to set some boundaries with him and with my staff. I had to protect my work life. So I set the boundaries of I'm only allowed to be pulled out of a patient room for family when it's actually an emergency. Otherwise, they can take a message and I'll call back when I'm free. Of course, these ones are a little bit easier, right? But we'll talk about the work ones later. I had to also have a conversation with my husband about how it was so disruptive to my business and it's not a good patient experience when I'm being pulled out of the room for things that weren't actually important. So that part is easy, I know. But let's get into talking about protecting your personal life with boundaries because that's where it gets really hard. You have to set boundaries of when your office can contact you with any questions or comments or concerns or business-related things when you're not in the office. So how can they contact you? Is it by phone, by text, by email? I have a system in my office where we use an app called Slack. That way, if we need to communicate with each other, we do it through Slack. Actually, this morning, my daughter got up at 5 a.m. I had to tell my office manager something, and I didn't want to text her at 5 a.m., that's like interfering with her personal life. So I sent her a Slack message. And I also love it because I could always go back and check up on it. Like all of the business stuff, all of the patient communication, like everything is there with us. So I could always go in and be like, okay, did you do this? Did this happen? So on and so forth, right? And I have my notifications off on my phone. So I don't even get them right away. I actually schedule time in to go into the app on my days off and check on things. And I literally... I schedule like 10 to 15 minutes. That is plenty of time. I also have boundaries that if something is an emergency, they can call me or text me on my time off. And I have very, very strict rules about what is considered an emergency or an urgent matter. It's laid out very clearly. Now, here's the tricky part. A lot of times my staff doesn't stick to this. So they'll text me or call me regarding work-related stuff on my days off that isn't urgent, right? And I don't respond. I will go back to the text or return the phone call when I have it scheduled in my calendar to do so, right? It's really difficult in the moment because it just takes 10 seconds to respond and you feel like you could just handle it, right? You could just handle it in 10 seconds and it's going to be done. And you have such a strong urge to respond, but you have to just allow that urge without responding to it. Meaning you let the urge to respond just be there, but you don't actually respond to the message because... If you don't allow that urge, what usually ends up happening is one, you train your staff to contact you all the time and that you will respond right away. And two, you'll respond to that message. Then they will have another question. And then before you know it, it's been 30 minutes that has gone by and you've had your head down on your phone the entire time and haven't been present at all with whatever you were doing. Even if it was just like 
watching Netflix. If you were just at home, laying on the couch, watching Netflix, that's what you would be doing instead, right? And you train your brain that it's important to respond right away. And that every time you do that, you that neural pathway gets deeper and deeper within you. So even if something feels urgent, you have to run things through a filter. Like, is this actually an emergency? Is this something that you can fix when you're not in the office? Even if it feels urgent, if it's not really an emergency or it's not something that can be fixed when you're not in the office, then I don't respond. This transition has been really difficult because for so many years, I was available 100% of the time and now I'm not. So it's been hard to adapt both on my end and also with my staff, but it is so worth it because let me tell you, as I've been super strict with the boundaries I've set, I get way less messages and phone calls on my time off. When I do get messages, I can look at them quickly if I have my phone and then I have allowed those urges so many times over the years that I have lost the urge to respond to every single thing right away, right? I just glance at the message and even if it's important, I'll just make a note, I'll get back to it later. It's so freeing because I truly feel like I have a luxurious amount of time and it's because my brain is so free from thinking about work and I can truly just be present with whatever I'm doing in the moment. You also have to set boundaries around your working hours. So boundaries around what time you leave work, and that is really, really important, right? And then you have to calculate when you need to be done seeing patients so that you can actually leave at that time. And also don't bring work home. It's a big no-no. If you need to do admin stuff, you do it at work, not when you come home and put your kids to bed and then get on your computer at night. Your brain needs to rest. It needs to have time to be bored. It needs to be able to be creative for you. When all you're thinking about is working and you're consuming yourself with it and your brain never gets to rest, it's terrible for you. It can lead to burnout so quickly. It stops you from thinking of ways to actually improve your business. It stops you from being present in your personal life and from truly enjoying your life. So working from home is a big no in my book. I'll say that since I stopped consuming myself with work 24-7, I'm much more well-rested, and that means I show up to work energized. I truly enjoy the work that I do. I create a better patient experience. I create a better workplace for my employees. I'm able to invest more time in learning new things for my business, whether it's a new skill in dentistry or new technology or whatever it is. And this gets returned to me in the form of money. Okay, so my business makes way more money. And in my personal life, I'm a better mom, daughter, friend, wife. I'm a happier person. I feel extremely fulfilled. I truly enjoy my days off and my day-to-day life. And it's because I'm not dragging work home with me and feeling obligated to my business every second of the day. And everyone around me gets to reap the rewards of that, okay? So you have to set some clear boundaries on your work hours, and then you have to stick to them. You have to protect your personal life so you can actually enjoy your life and not feel like all you do is live to work. This actually ties into making more money and doing the treatments you like. So when you create more time for your brain to rest, your brain goes to work thinking about creative ways that you can make more money in your business. You can start to think like, okay, which procedures can I add to my practice and make more money? Which ones are less work for me to do? Which ones do I really love? How can I get more patients who need or want 
those treatments in my practice. And then you actually create time to look at your marketing. Are your marketing efforts speaking to your best patients or are they speaking to the patients you don't really want in your practice, but you feel like that's the only option, right? I was just coaching someone on a call inside of Grow With The Gram actually. And she was saying that the people in her town are all a specific way and she doesn't want those type of patients in her practice. But yeah, that's who she's marketing to. So I was coaching her on using the Grow With The Gram program to market to her best patients, the patients that don't haggle you for discounts, the ones that are fun for you to work on, the ones that appreciate your work. So when you have that free space in your mind, you can focus on these things. You can look at other aspects of marketing like, are you marketing, are your marketing efforts actually working? And if not, then why? So inside of Grow With The Gram, I teach you how to market your business and how to do it in a way where you end up getting the exact treatments you really want to do and tons of them. You actually learn how to attract patients who are wanting that specific treatment. So if you're in the program, follow the Grow With The Gram process and do the organic marketing modules so you really understand that process because it totally works. But if you're not doing the procedures that you really want or not enough of them, you have to check your marketing. It could also mean that you're not selling the treatments well. So you can look into that too, right? So I teach selling treatments really thoroughly inside of my coaching program. My clients learn how to convert on consults and exams at an extremely high rate. And it's amazing. And if you're not a coaching client of mine, no worries. I've put lots of episodes together about that as well. So you can always check those episodes out. But basically, the point is you have luxurious amounts of time to actually start to analyze what's happening and what can be better when you let your brain rest. You can think about what you really want and start taking action to actually get there. When you don't have any free space in your schedule, you just end up on this hamster wheel working day in and day out, but without really getting anywhere. So I want to encourage you to stop overworking, set some boundaries and be super strict with them. Now, If you do have a marketing issue, I highly encourage you to join me on my free masterclass called Instagram Prescription. It will show you the four ways to get your marketing message across to attract your best patients. And you'll also get an invite to join me inside of Grow With The Gram from there. And I highly encourage you to do so because you will learn how to get your patients pre-sold on the treatments you love into your business. So those of you who are wanting to do more of a specific procedure, you'll learn exactly how to do that. You'll learn how to get high quality patients into your practice, and that can really help you with solving your issue of working so hard and making more money. Okay. So to sign up for the masterclass, go to dryasin.com slash masterclass, and I will also link it in the show notes for you. Have a wonderful day and I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to The Social Dentist with Dr. Desiree Yazdan. Download your free Instagram guide for healthcare professionals at www.dryazdan.com forward slash Instagram guide. If you'd like to reach out to Dr. Yazdan, you can do so on Instagram at Dr. Yazdan. That's D-R-Y-A-Z-D-A-N. Till next time.